Hello, friends. I'm Matt Baum, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage podcast, where we trace the decades-long evolution of marriage through the personal stories of those who lived through it. If you've been listening so far, every week you've heard me read one chapter of my book, Defining Marriage, Voices from a 40-Year Labor of Love. If you'd like to hear the book complete and unabridged, you can jump back and listen to the first 18 episodes of this podcast in order. Or you can pop over to Amazon and get Defining Marriage as a digital download, and now in paperback and audiobook. Now that I've released the entire book as a podcast, for the next few episodes, I'll be revisiting the marriage work that I did as a reporter and activist over the last decade. I've gathered news clips, interviews, and analysis from the dark days of marriage inequality, and this week, let's take a look back at Proposition 8. That's the fight that got me engaged with marriage back in 2008. After the marriage ban passed, I started making YouTube videos to update people on what was happening with marriage. I'm going to play the audio of these videos for you, but if you want to watch them, some of them are a little visual, you can find them in the show notes for this episode at definingmarriage.com. Here's one of the first post-Prop 8 videos I did from May of 2009. Hi, I'm Matt from StopBait.org with breaking news about marriage equality. The California Supreme Court just ruled on Prop 8, the marriage ban, And the results are mixed. On one hand, the 36,000 people who got married last year can stay married. But the court also ruled that nobody else can get married. So if you're like me and you missed your chance, you're out of luck. For now. This is a setback, but it's actually not as bad as it sounds. Because of something great that we've learned from our recent victories in other states. The more people talk about marriage equality, the faster public support grows. That means that even when the news is bad, it's still a great opportunity to start conversations. And each conversation brings us closer to winning the fight. So what's next? We're bringing it back to the ballot, probably in about a year. Organizations like Courage Campaign and Equality California are already laying the groundwork to defend equality, and you can do your part too. The most important thing that you can do today is to reach out to everyone you know, everyone. Tell them why you personally care about the freedom to marry and how marriage equality personally affects you. Visit stop8.org for more tips, conversation starters, and to connect with more allies and organizations. Today's news is hard to take, but this is just one step in a fight that we know will win. When we win, all depends on how many people you can talk to. This ruling gives us a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to change people's minds. So even though it looks bad, in the long run, it makes us stronger. Now, working together, we can regain marriage equality and protect it for all time. Well, I was wrong about it going back to the ballot. At the time, that seemed like the only option, since the conventional wisdom was that a court case was too risky. But the day after I put this video out, AFER revealed their lawsuit, and the rest was history. And of course, you can read all about that history, why it seemed so risky, why AFER decided they could take a chance, and the freakout that happened once the Prop 8 lawsuit was revealed, in my book, Defining Marriage. Let's jump ahead a year to July of 2010. I produced a recap of everything that had happened with Prop 8 to get everyone all caught up. At this point, we'd only heard initial arguments in the Prop 8 case, and there had been no ruling yet. A lot has happened with Prop 8 in the almost two years since it's passed, so let's get you all caught up with everything you need to know about Prop 8 in just a few minutes. September 2008. The campaign's running at full steam, but it's in trouble. Polls show our lead has evaporated and our ads are lame. October, staffing and structural changes for no on eight. The ads improve, but it's too little too late. November, as soon as Prop 8 passes, the public is suddenly interested. There's lawsuits and rallies, lots of rallies. Everyone is mad, at the campaign, at Mormons, at African Americans. Lots of people want to get involved, but don't know how, since the major gay orgs are unprepared for an outpouring of support. Grassroots orgs step in. It's called Stonewall 2.0. 
December. Everyone's still mad at the campaign and the Mormons and black people. Stonewall 2.0 starts running out of steam with meager participation in follow-up events like Day Without a Gay and Light Up the Night. January 2009. There's more grassroots organizations than ever, but public interest is waning. Stonewall 2.0's fizzle is becoming obvious. Equality California holds summits to talk about the campaign. Courage Campaign holds Camp Courage to talk about future campaigns. People are still mad at African Americans, even though new data shows that they didn't support Prop 8 as much as was initially thought. Obama is inaugurated. There's renewed momentum for marriage equality in New England and lots of enthusiasm for overturning Prop 8 in 2010. February. The scope of Mormon contribution to Prop 8 is becoming clear. Anti-gays mobilize in Maine. Planning starts for a 2010 overturn of Prop 8. March. Vigils are held as the state Supreme Court hears a challenge to Prop 8. It doesn't go well. Equality California forms a field plan and hires Mark Solomon and Andrea Shorter. Everyone's still mad at the No on 8 campaign, especially at Steve Smith, who decided not to use a letter of support from Obama. More camp courages pop up around the state. April. Iowa and Vermont legalize marriage. Maine and New Hampshire appear likely to follow. Nate Silver predicts national marriage recognition in 15 years. People start saying it's a tipping point. But Kate Kendall expresses doubt about 2010. Equality is derailed in New York and New Jersey. And everyone is worried about court challenges that could go to the U.S. Supreme Court. May. More Camp Courages. Everyone wants a 2010 overturn. Courage Campaign, Rick Jacobs, Gavin Newsom. When the court upholds Prop 8, Robin McGee gets a huge turnout at Meet in the Middle. A political collapse in New York derails marriage. And in Maine, the anti-gays start collecting signatures. Perry v. Schwarzenegger is filed by the group that will become known as AFER. June. Dick Cheney supports marriage equality. New Hampshire okays marriages. D.C. appears likely to follow. Gay orgs are pissed when Obama defends DOMA. They start withholding donations to Democrats. The anti-gays in Maine hire the firm that promoted Prop 8. A study casts doubt on the feasibility of 2010. July. Marriage stalls in Rhode Island. Judge Walker fast-tracks Perry v. Schwarzenegger, and gay orgs want to intervene. Some gay orgs urge prepare to prevail, favoring 2012 over 2010. Experts agree that 2012 would be better. A summit in San Bernardino gets tense when nobody can reach agreement on 2010 versus 2012, and everybody leaves angry. August. Courage Campaign wants to raise $200,000 to decide on 2010 versus 2012. AFER doesn't want gay orgs to intervene in Perry. A coalition of 2010 supporters organizes a convention in San Francisco. Attention turns to Maine with volunteer vacations sending people to the state from around the country. September. The 2010 convention in San Francisco goes smoothly, and a campaign structure for a 2010 repeal emerges. Some guy floats a ballot measure to ban divorce. Polls in Maine deliver bad news. October. Another productive summit to repeal 2010, this time in Riverside. Obama delivers a speech to the human rights campaign, but gays want action, not words. California enacts Harvey Milk Day. Equality California's Mark Solomon urges further research in 2010 to improve messaging. November. Equal marriage is banned in Maine. It's seen as a discouraging dry run for a Prop 8 overturn. The 2010 campaign starts fundraising and signature gathering. Gays boycott Democrats, pissed over Obama's tepid support. December. D.C. legalizes marriage. Courage Campaign and Lambda Legal support 2012. Gays want cameras in the courtroom. Anti-gays want anonymity, claiming that they are persecuted. The anti-gays' witnesses appear unqualified. January 2010. Walker approves cameras in the courtroom. Anti-gay witnesses withdraw. The U.S. Supreme Court nixes cameras. Perry v. Schwarzenegger is heard, and it goes well. February. Judge Walker's probably gay, but everyone knew that already. 2010 campaign is behind on raising money and gathering signatures. March. The gays feel cautiously optimistic about Perry versus Schwarzenegger. The anti-gays are forced to reveal memos that they wanted to keep secret. April. This time, the gays are forced to reveal memos that they wanted to keep secret. Polls showed public support for marriage in California. The 2010 campaign officially fails. May. The anti-gays try to strike the worst of their witnesses' testimony. The first Harvey Milk Day happens. Attendance at rallies is high, but attendance at canvases is low. Everyone wants to party. Nobody wants to work. 
June, the IRS starts recognizing all California marriages. An anti-gay witness has ties to a gay sex scandal. Closing arguments in Perry versus Schwarzenegger go well. We might actually win this round. How about that prediction from Nate Silver? Fifteen years to marriage equality, turns out it was five. Next up, a video from 2013, summing up AFER's case before the Supreme Court. I made this video for AFER the week before they presented oral argument to help folks understand the case. How AFER Fights for Marriage Equality November 2008. Prop 8 passes in California, eliminating the freedom to marry. AFER brings together Ted Olson and David Boyes, who faced each other in Bush v. Gore to fight Prop 8. Ted and David sue California on behalf of two couples, Sandy and Chris and Paul and Jeff. They represent countless committed gay and lesbian couples in California who want to get married. AFER sues California for violating the Due Process and Equal Protection Clauses of the 14th Amendment. Due process is the legal requirement that the state must respect all of the legal rights that are owed to a person. In other words, we are all protected from government intrusions into life, liberty, and property. And equal protection says that no state shall deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Or in other words, laws must apply equally to everyone. Prop 8 violates both. In January of 2010, AFER puts fear and prejudice on trial. It's the first time a federal court hears testimony on marriage for gay and lesbian Americans. We had 17 witnesses. They had two. And one of them changed his mind and now says, legally recognizing gay and lesbian couples and their children is a victory for basic fairness. On the witness stand, the truth came out. Witnesses said, the ability to marry, to say I do, is a basic civil right. If government tolerates discrimination against anyone for any reason, it becomes an excuse for the public to do exactly the same thing. It is, I think, quite clear that young children do not aspire to become domestic partners, but certainly the word marriage is something that many people aspire to. Prop 8 has inflicted substantial economic harm on same-sex couples and their children who live here in California. It is very hard for me to imagine you would have a happily married couple who would say, Gertrude, we've been married for 30 years, but I think we have to throw in the towel because Adam and Stuart down the block got married. August 4th, 2010, the verdict. Victory. The court concludes Prop 8 is unconstitutional. Because California has no interest in discriminating against gay men and lesbians, and because Proposition 8 prevents California from fulfilling its constitutional obligation to provide marriages on an equal basis, the court concludes that Proposition 8 is unconstitutional. And on February 7, 2012, once again victory at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The court concluded Proposition 8 serves no purpose and has no effect other than to lessen the status and human dignity of gays and lesbians in California. The Constitution simply does not allow for laws of this sort. Meanwhile, over 20 polls show a majority of Americans support the freedom to marry. And Dustin Lance Black's play 8 about the trial is a hit across America and around the world. Now Prop 8 has reached the highest court in the land. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear the case and consider whether Prop 8 violates the U.S. Constitution, paving the way for a Supreme Court ruling on marriage equality for gay and lesbian couples. Oral argument is Tuesday, March 26th, and a final decision is expected by the end of June 2013. Since 1888, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled 14 times that the freedom to marry is a fundamental right of all Americans. There is no legitimate reason for the government to deny gay and lesbian Americans the freedom to marry the person they love. Prop 8 will soon be gone forever, thanks to AFER's bipartisan coalition, brave plaintiffs, and the support of millions of people like you. But it's not over yet, 
We need your support now more than ever. Click here or visit AFER.org to support our case and join us on the right side of history. I also produced a video showing the the behind-the-scenes work that had gone into the case. We followed the plaintiffs and lawyers and PR people all over Washington, documenting what it was like to finally land at the Supreme Court. This one's pretty visual, so I do recommend checking DefiningMarriage.com to watch it if you can. Well, here it is, the day before we go to the Supreme Court to hear Ted Olson and the Solicitor General argue our case in front of the Supreme Court. So today, in order to get ready, we're going to the National Archives to see the U.S. Constitution, which is a huge highlight for both Sandy and I and our kids. We're definitely excited to be here. We're proud to be here. We're certainly nervous, um, cautiously optimistic, but most importantly, we're hopeful. Right now, we're just preparing for the argument, and it's to go through and make sure that we have every possible question, uh, every possible argument the other side can come up with, and we've done as much as we can to prepare to respond to those. When we set out four years ago, we said we were going to make this case before the Supreme Court, before the highest court in the land, and I think we're all going to be just in awe to watch Ted Olson up there making our case. It's a dialogue among the justices. They use their questions to explore issues, so you can't read too much into anything. Oh, we think history will look back and feel proud that our country came together to support equality for all people, and we're just so grateful that we get to be part of this very important civil rights issue. We're Chris and Sandy's sons, so, I mean, we just tag along for the ride and try to make them look good. I think Ellie and I are both immensely proud of our moms and what they're doing. Tomorrow morning we'll get up, uh, get up very early and we will make our way to the Supreme Court. Sounds strange even saying it out loud. We have great clients. They, they are in love. They want to get married. But this is the defining civil rights issue of our generation. It is a time that I think that we advance the agenda of equality, not just for gays and lesbians, but for everybody. It's freezing, but of course I'm so excited to be here. We've been on the case for a very, very long time, and it's been a great journey, and we've accomplished a lot so far. Still trying to wrap my head around the fact that this is actually real and happening and that we're here, but it's an incredibly exciting and historic morning. This is exactly what our judicial system is for, and this is where we should be on this day. A lot of people have made this possible by their generous support, and we want to thank them for it, and uh, thank the millions of people around the country that have uh, worked so hard to make this possible. To me, this all of this work, everything that we're doing, uh, is about the next generation, so that the young people out there, uh, who are just coming of age, falling in love for the first time, they do so without judgment. I, I know what I'm going to be seeing from our side. We have, Ted Olson is going to be brilliant, as he always is, and he will make the points that we feel necessary. It's incredible, you know, it's a historic day uh, for, the, for, for the LGBT rights movement. I'm already, already anxiously waiting for June. I'm already yeah. nervous. I'm like, okay, do they have it yet? Did they decide it? And it's only been 10 minutes. It's, it's a little bit of a relief, but at the same time, now we wait. Uh, and we know we have to wait for three months before we find out uh, what, what they've decided. 
the most important battle, I think, clearly has been won. But one thing I thought about when there was, again, uh, sitting in the back of Harvey's old camera store on Castro Street, and Harvey saying, you've got to come out, and it's, it's pretty extraordinary. We're not done in this, in this movement for LGBT equality. So next is get back to work and, and keep fighting to make sure the next generation's uh, lives are, 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 are better than ours. I think that's our job as Americans. At that point, it was all up to the justices. And that meant a few tense months of waiting and waiting and waiting. And while we waited, I put together another video that summed up the entire case, drawing on interviews and media coverage from 2008 through to 2013. Here's a sprint through the entire case, from its very first day to the moments before the Supreme Court ruled. We saw thousands of people take to the streets last night to express their sadness, grief, and dismay at the court's failure to protect their fundamental rights. Tonight, California's same-sex wedding ban is under fire. They're ready to take the case all the way to the Supreme Court. Veteran lawyers Ted Olson and David Boyce are coming together on gay marriage. This case is about the equal rights guaranteed to every American under the United States Constitution. Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, and liberals all recognize the importance of the equal rights guaranteed by the Constitution. We're all Americans who simply want to get married, just like everyone else. Nothing really speaks to the true commitment of two people, in our minds, as strongly as the term marriage. There are three basic points that we want to make. One is that marriage is a fundamental right. The second is that gay and lesbian couples are seriously harmed when they're deprived of that right. And the third point is that allowing them to be married doesn't hurt anybody. Good evening. Breaking news tonight in America's national debate about what defines a family. Because California has no interest in discriminating against gay men and lesbians, the court concludes that Proposition 8 is unconstitutional. This decision today brings Paul and I and so many others like us closer to that equality, too. The federal appeals court struck down California's Proposition 8 and gave supporters of same-sex marriage their biggest legal victory yet. The court found that Proposition 8 served no purpose and had no effect other than to lessen the status and human dignity of gays and lesbians in California. This is an astounding moment in American history and in the march of rights that began in Philadelphia in the last quarter of the 18th century. Could be a major test of same-sex marriage laws coming just months after three more states legalized gay marriage. Their one sole key witness opposing marriage equality has come to our side. It's about the fundamental right of a person to pursue happiness and to find liberty their way. Just a parade of high-profile people and organizations have come out supporting the same-sex marriage. The Obama administration has filed a brief with the U.S. Supreme Court supporting same-sex marriage in California. Our journey is not complete until our gay brothers and sisters are treated like anyone else under the law. The significance is huge. It is the first time a U.S. president has weighed in in support of same-sex marriage to the Supreme Court. For if we are truly created equal, 
then surely the love we commit to one another must be equal as well. The groundswell of support for gay marriage among prominent Republicans is being showcased like never before. Seventy high-profile Republicans just signed a brief supporting gay marriage. In a friend of the court brief, Melman and 130 other conservatives advised the courts to strike down Prop 8. Four former governors, two members of Congress, and a top presidential advisor. Marriage equality is a conservative cause, wrote the newly emboldened John Huntsman. Some big-name companies are taking a stand in favor of same-sex marriage. Including Apple, Alcoa, Facebook, eBay, Intel, Morgan Stanley. 60 signed up so far, according to Fortune, but expect to see a lot more of them by tomorrow. Support for gay marriage has reached a new high. 58% of Americans now say it should be legal for gay and lesbian couples to wed, including overwhelming approval from those under the age of 30. For the first time, the court is considering whether same-sex couples have a constitutional right to marry. More than a dozen people are already in line outside the Supreme Court to hear this historic debate. Today, protesters and gay rights supporters were all swarming the steps of the Supreme Court. And inside, the justices were listening to the arguments. Olson and boys are finally at the steps of the Supreme Court. It's now in the hands of the Supreme Court. It's been a long journey here for the last three and a half years. Now it's up to the nine justices to make a decision. We have gone from the district court in Northern California over these four years all the way here to Washington today before the United States Supreme Court. California's Proposition 8 uh, hurts couples like our plaintiffs, Chris and Sandy and Paul and Jeff, but they're really just uh, an example of millions of other Americans across this country in, in, in many other states that are also being harmed by discriminatory bans on marriage like Proposition 8. As we look at the calendar, it could be June before we hear a historic ruling on marriage equality cases being tackled by the Supreme Court. Whatever the decision expected this summer, the impact could reach far beyond California state lines. Thank you, counsel. The case is submitted. Well, I hope I'm not spoiling any surprises by revealing that we won. Here's a roundup of that day of decision. All of the celebrating, all of the rallying, all of the excitement and disbelief and joy. This is the CBS Evening News with Scott Pelley. Good evening. Once in a while, a decision by the Supreme Court is etched into the granite of our history. Americans remain divided over today's rulings, but history was written. President Obama on a trip to Africa said today, when all Americans are treated as equal, we are all more free. The president's on the line from Air Force One. Go ahead. Hello, uh, Mr. President. This is Chris Perry. And Sandy Steer, we thank you so much for your support. Thank you, Mr. President. Emotional reactions following a pair of Supreme Court decisions giving the same-sex marriage movement its biggest victories to date. I always had faith that we were going to be here today. I'm glad it's this soon, and I'm glad this court did it today. Uh, you know, four years ago, this was a dream, and a lot of people were saying it was too soon to take this fight federal, and, and I just I thought of Harvey Milk, who said we, we can no longer continue to demand crumbs of equality. We had to demand the full thing. The words emblazoned across the Supreme Court 
ring true. Equal justice under law. We believe from the very beginning that the importance of this case was to send a message to the children of this country that you are just as good as everybody else, no matter who you love, no matter who your parents love. It's not just about us, it's about kids in the South, it's about kids in Texas, and it's about kids everywhere. Now we will be married and we will be equal to every other family in California. So today is a good day. It's the day I finally get to look at the man that I love and finally say, will you please marry me? Um, and to look out at all of the people so happy that their relationships could be a put on an equal footing with other people, other citizens of the United States. I don't think that you can look into the eyes of those people and not feel the gratitude that they feel for their country, for the Supreme Court, and for those decisions that recognize them as equals in this country. And one of the great advantages, I think, of the two of us working together is that we've tried to send a message that this is not a Republican or a Democratic issue. It's not a conservative or liberal issue. It's a constitutional issue. It's a civil rights issue. It's a human rights issue. And it's something that all Americans, conservatives and liberals alike, ought to support. There's an awful lot of celebrating happening here in West Hollywood, and from what we understand, it's happening all over California. We've got the foundation uh, that, that paves the path to full equality. We're not there yet. That's very clear. We've got a lot of work to do, to do uh, but we're going to keep fighting, and in future cases, we'll, we'll come before this court, and we'll get there one day. The Supreme Court is now on record as saying that there is no harm to anybody in allowing gay and lesbian couples to marry the people that they love. And that, that by itself eliminates any rational basis for any state to discriminate in terms of who can marry. So are you saying to me now that this opens the doors for same-sex marriage in states other than California? Absolutely. I think no court can now uphold discriminatory laws that prohibit gay and lesbian citizens from marrying. In five years, our goal is to have marriage equality throughout the country. I think that's an achievable goal. Turns out we had some more surprises to look forward to. Within a week, marriage had resumed in California much earlier than anyone had expected. It was a huge shock to everybody, and I was able to arrange to have cameras present to document the first weddings. Here's one more video. You'll first hear some interviews from the Day of Decision, and then you'll hear footage from a few days later, when we suddenly learned that the couples could marry. An incredible day. An incredible day of celebration for LGBT people all over this country. Two major decisions put giant cracks in the dark wall of discrimination. This is the culmination of what we hope we will accomplish, to have the court really begin to fulfill the promise that was made, that we are going to give true equality to everyone in this country. And thank you to justice that was served today in this court. This is the Supreme Court of the United States vindicating your right to decency, respect, and equality. It's a great day for us, it's a great day for Californians, and it's a great day for our country. You know, we're all going to take today to really uh, enjoy this decision and, and celebrate the resumption of marriages in California.
Congratulations. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. What we've been hoping for all along is that this day would come, that we would be able to go back to California and get married right away. Now we will be married and we will be equal. The president's on the line from Air Force One. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you. The president just called from Air Force One and he said because of their courage, um, thousands upon thousands of people uh, will be able to join in the celebration uh, of marriage very soon. It's not vague is that any proposition that prohibits the rights of other people is unconstitutional. So today is a good day. It's the day I finally get to look at the man that I love and finally say, will you please marry me? <laughs> so what's next? We're getting married. That's what's next. The U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has just cleared the way for same-sex marriages to resume in California. Congratulations! Oh, wow. Gay and lesbian couples in California will now be able to, to marry. Yes, right now. No 25-day wait, no more questions about how and when. Here we are. We are standing in L.A. City Hall about to get married by the mayor. This is happening. Crazy, right? Really happening. We're getting married in a few minutes, honey. They just issued a court order. And we'll go into the wedding vows. Gathered here today for the purpose of uniting in matrimony. But guess what? We'll be together very soon and we'll just have the best celebration ever. County clerks in California will be working overtime this weekend. This is what it was all about. This is what it's all about. It's very, very real. We're getting married in our in our home state of California, and it's very real that we're going to have access to the same federal benefits that everybody else does. You can't deny people their dignity. Right now, it is about 4:53. This is a live picture you're looking at of the first gay marriage since the Supreme Court ruling allowing it to resume. This is a special moment. Do you, Chris? Take Sandy to be your lawfully wedded wife. I do. Jeff, you take Paul to be your lawful wedded spouse. I do. And do you, Sandy, take Chris to be your lawfully wedded wife, to love and cherish from this day forward? I do. By virtue of the power and authority vested in me, on behalf of the state of California, I now declare you spouses for life. Let me pronounce you married. our lives together. It's unbelievable. It's been a four and a half year battle with against Proposition 8. It still feels good. This is Paul Katama. He's my husband. Now we're going to say hello to the hundreds of couples that are gathering behind us to enjoy this same ride. <laughs> Marriage 
has returned to the great state of California. And no one can take that away. Thanks again for listening. Please do get in touch and let me know your thoughts and questions on Twitter. I'm at Matt Baum. And leave a review on iTunes. Not only do those reviews make a huge difference, they really brighten up my day. So, thanks. Don't forget to hop over to Amazon to get Defining Marriage in print or via download. And if you do pick up a copy, it would mean a lot if you could leave an Amazon review with your honest opinion. Check out my other podcast, The Sewers of Paris, for revealing personal stories about entertainment that changed the lives of gay men. And until next time, friends... By the power vested in me by the internet, I now pronounce this podcast over. <laughs>